Hey, Chris, welcome to the Hitchcock Minute. Oh, hello. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you for <laughs> Thanks for this is, being on. Yeah, okay. if you've been listening, we are the we are the new host for this entire week. Let us take you down memory lane as we talk about the 1959 movie directed by Alfred Hitchcock, North by Northwest, one minute at a time. Ooh, one minute at a time. It's like sort That's of like what th- we do, like that Mission Impossible movie, right? Yeah, we're from Minute Impossible. We're here talking about a movie that actually influenced the director of the first Mission Impossible movie. Yep. Uh, Robert De Palma. So we are here. Chris, what minute are we on today? We are on 31. Minute 31. 31. This minute begins with Mr. Thornhill asking a maid about if he's met him and if he is the man from this room. And it ends with a valet bringing him his suit. So uh, before we get started with this, Chris, let's talk about uh, our background with Hitchcock and our love of Hitchcock and or Cary Grant and or anything, actually. All of the uh, above, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, James Mason or uh, everybody. So let, let's talk James about that. Mason, yes. Yes, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, for me, my first real introduction to Hitchcock uh, was, of course, you know, as a kid, you, 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 if you're, you know, you grew up in our time period, which is like the 80s, 70s, 80s, uh, Hitchcock was still very much a, a big part of Things not like he isn't now, but I mean, then he was, he had just passed recently and, um, they were still making psycho movies. <laughs> Remember, there so, was still, there was still an anthology on TV. Yeah, there was still the Alfred Hitchcock Presents show was on, yeah, which was great. It was kind of <clears throat> like, uh, it was kind of like a, a, an all thriller version of the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a great little anthology show, um, that they used. They, I mean, it was a reboot sort of situation where they were using the old, introductions to the old Hitchcock shows mm-hmm. and either remaking old Hitchcock episodes or making new ones that his, his intros could go to. Um, you know, uh, it was one of those things that, uh, I grew up watching psycho as a kid, you know, not really as a kid, but as a, as a teen and knew, knowing what psycho was. And it wasn't until I got into college that I really went full force into Hitchcock by taking uh, Rick Warland's Hitchcock class at uh, SMU. What made you a, what made you a fan? What drew you to 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 Mr. Hitchcock? To me it was it was it was his style. I mean, overall after seeing Psycho when I was in junior high high school, I was I was immediately interested in what it was that that made him so unique and why it was all these filmmakers that that I was in awe of followed him like Spielberg and uh Tim Burton and those guys, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, what what initially drew me in was the scores, Bernard Herrmann's scores for for many of his films. You know, those those scores are so iconic that you hear the psycho theme, you hear um, Vertigo, you hear the theme for for North by Northwest, and you know you know the music. You know, I mean, you know the song. Or the, the yeah, title he was song. definitely his John Williams. Yes, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't record. He didn't do all of his movies, but the majority yeah. of his films were were done by by Bernard Herrmann. And I mean, some of the most iconic film scores of all time. I mean, they didn't just influence other filmmakers, but they also influenced other score, uh, you know, composers like Danny Elfman and, and even Williams, who scored uh, a film for Hitchcock late in, late in his life, you know, or late in Hitchcock's career. Um, but to me, you know, North by Northwest is sort of the the quintessential Hitchcock film. It's like all the Hitchcock films that came before it mixed in a one big greatest hits package, which is. Uh, a, a joke that I mentioned quite a bit on on Men and Impossible about uh, Men and Impo- uh, Mission Impossible four or five 
four and five, they both very much feel like um, like Mission Impossible takes on North by Northwest because it's got a greatest hits sort of compilation feel to it in the in the action sequences. Which is funny because he still hadn't made some of his like most iconic movies. Exactly, which is interesting. So you're like you're like okay, it's the greatest hits of his other stuff, but I mean <laughs> to have this level. Of to be able to have dial in for murder, rear window, strangers on a train, rope, yep, uh, notorious, which we talked about before, still spellbound. Yep. Those kind of movies to have that many movies that were already made, and then do North by Northwest in 1959, and it's like he hasn't done Psycho. No, he hasn't done Psycho yet. Psycho's he hasn't the done next The film. Birds. Nope. And that's crazy. Yeah, he'd done Vertigo and Suspicion and The Wrong Man in the years prior to this. Uh, and then after this, then the Hitchcock presents started after this and such psycho and the birds, you're right. Marnie torn curtain. I mean, there was still so much still that he hadn't, he hadn't done yet, you know, and it's crazy that, that he had had that much of a career before even getting to this film. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you my, my, I was not raised on Alfred Hitchcock. I was raised on that TV show, the, the anthology, and but I was seeing few and far between. I didn't see Psycho till college, probably. Wow. I did not see it in high school. I did not see To Catch a Thief. I did no. not see uh, Rear Window. Uh, at that point in my upbringing, I wasn't into the classic directors. I wanted the new stuff. I was into Die Hard and yeah, you know the the eighties movies, Ghostbusters, and the, and the, the basically the. The people, you know, I, I would say I was still a fan of like Martin Scorsese and Brian De Palma. So I was watching Hitchcock. Yeah. Just, just didn't know that I was being influenced by that. Well, that, that was one of my things in the eighties was that, that in my, my discovery of, of things like the untouchables and Scarface and, uh, especially body double. That's when I really like put two and two together how much of an homage Brian De Palma's films are to, Hitchcock films. I mean, for every Hitchcock film there is, there's a corresponding Brian De Palma film that kind of basically is his homage version of of, of one of Hitchcock's films. You know, yeah. From from uh, from Dress to Kill to Body Double to even Raising Cain. You know. So in this movie, we've been giving the very important minutes. These are minutes of clothes. <laughs> These are minutes of the Plaza Hotel. <laughs> yep. These are the minutes where we find out. If you lived in the 1950s and were a man, you could pretty much walk in anything you wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say. And everyone would assume you're the person from that room. It's kind of scary how, like, oh, Mr. Thorne, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, how do you know it's me? How do you know it's me the whole time? How do do you know it's me? She says, well, you're standing in this room. Therefore, you must be the, (laughs) you must be the man. It's like, have have we met? No, but we've talked before. (laughs) Okay. But they just I, I, assume no ID needed, no anything. Oh, you're, you're I guess a you're the gentleman guy. in room 796. Exactly. And it's amazing. You know, nowadays you would never get away with that in film. Uh, no, they'd be uh, like, hey, Buster, do you have your key? Yeah. I mean, later on in the book, we talk about some parts of the movie. You know, it's all over this movie. This is our yeah. first, this is our first hotel. Yeah. That he's at. Uh, <laughs> he's in, he's in a couple different ones in this movie. And in every one of them, he's like, can you tell me where room, uh, here goes my Cary Grant impression. Oh, can yes. you tell me where room, you know, what room he's in? 
And he's like, oh, sir, you, you look like a, you're wearing a suit. I'll tell you anything. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, you're like, the- don't tell people what room. I forgot. She's on the fourth floor. What, what's her room number again? Yes, 468. Yes, that's right. Do you need, <laughs> do you, does your knife need sharpening? Does your bullet, your guns need bullets? What, what can we help you with, sir? You know, it's like. <laughs> I say, my, I don't know why I made it British, but. Yeah. Carrie Gray, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, sir. My, excuse me, Bob. My, uh, my gun seems to be, uh, unloaded. Well, oh, he, here, he, he does come off as British no matter what. I mean, he's always sounds it, his weird British. ass accent. Exactly. I mean, the um, only thing that we could say is that uh, there is no James Mason in our minutes. No, which is or, or Martin Landau either. I think or right? Martin Landau. Uh, our our mission on our other Mission Impossible connection. Yes, exactly, exactly. Which which is you know, which is sad, but you know you you can't beat that. You know, I mean, you, you, Hitchcock with Cary Grant. You know, that's always to me. It's always fun because I love Notorious and and. Even to catch a thief, it's, it's, you know, he had his stable of actors that he kept going back to. And, and, and this is, this is Hitchcock just kind of having a good time as a whole. It is. With, and, with and, and this is all sets. And these are all, I mean, the sets are insanely. Oh, yeah. This set's weird in that it's a, it's the interior of a room and there's a ton of, uh, Wayne's cutting on the walls and there's a lot of, it's all, it's ugly. Uh, yeah. The interior, I'll say it, the interior of the plaza in 1959 was ugly. Yeah. If this is truly what it was, <laughs> it looks dingy. It looks dingy, yeah. at least in a, a restored version that we're watching. Uh, it, it's it, when the valet comes in and we'll get to the valet because the, uh, the maid leaves. See a maid. <laughs> uh, the maid leaves the room and, uh, the valet has showed up and he has a suit for Mr. Um, I almost called him Mr. Underhill. <laughs> for Mr. Kaplan. Yeah. And he uh, he's dropping it off and putting it back in. I mean, can you imagine a valet coming into your room with the suit no, and then I mean, putting it and then hanging it back up? It's crazy to me that that you know we we're not I mean, this is what 50 years ago, a little over 50 years ago and and these characters are, you know, just they interacting it's with each 2020, other. 2020, Chris. It's, oh it's, my god, that's right. It's, it's not it's longer than that. It's 60 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, 60 years. That's crazy to think about that. Uh, but I mean, that, you know, within the span of 60 years, we've gone from people just trusting, you know, your word and you look like an upstanding citizen. So you, you must be right. Um, it must be you, uh, to ev- everything being questioned. I mean, it, you know, that's why I think this movie resonates. Yeah. Because what happens to him in this, to Cary Grant in this movie is not what happened to a normal white gentleman. No. He says, I didn't do this, and everybody, no one believes him. Yeah, exactly. And everyone thinks he's this Kaplan person. He's like, well, I'm not that Kaplan person. Yeah, yeah. you are. And I think at the time, people, <laughs> when they went to see this in the movie theater, were like, I can't believe that they don't take this man at his word. Exactly. His own mother is with him, and she doesn't believe him. Which is which is kind of crazy when you see it, because you're like, like, is she supposed to be, at first, you're like, how is she supposed to be his mother? Oh yeah, we'll get to that in the next few minutes. Yeah, we'll get. Exactly. Uh, yeah, she's great. She is great, but, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that you know, Cary Grant carries uh, a certain audience perception when you see him, so <clears throat> you automatically, uh, you know, see a certain type of person or character in him. Uh, watching him as a in, in a movie, especially back then, uh, that you didn't think anything, you know, that you're like, oh my god, let's we're on his side on this. Not never once thinking, oh well, maybe he's. Maybe he's playing these people, you know. You don't think that sort of situation because because it's because of the casting. You know, that's that's to me a, a pretty big, pretty big, uh, pretty big deal with an actor like him. The same thing with James Stewart. You couldn't see him as as a, a bad person, but Hitchcock had a tendency to 
to bring that out of people. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting way to uh, it's it's a very interesting way to take. Uh, he he was able to take characters that we do not normally see as bad guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, James Mason, yeah, uh, is a bad guy. Half, he's kind of half and half. He's all he's always the bad guy with the moral center, you know. Like I guess in uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues, he is the bad guy. Yeah, but he's like, I'm trying to say, oh, God, I can do my James Mason. <clears throat> I know everyone else on this show has done that James Mason, but this is my James Mason, and it makes me happy. It's a good James Mason. It's not bad. I don't. It's not. I did. I messed it up there for a second. He doesn't actually, he doesn't have like a, like a weird accent. Like he doesn't have like a thick. No. It's just, it's all back in the back of your throat. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's done one. So we may have to do a James Mason, Mason off at the a end Mason of the show. Off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we don't, uh, he, he, I really like that in this scene, the tension is ratcheting up because we still, as the viewer, don't know. What's happening? No, not uh, at all. I mean, we're, we're, we're right in the place of, right in his shoes, literally, uh, trying to figure out what's going on and why, why, why he's in this situation for that most part, you know? Here, here's the thing that got me. I, as the person who knows about this movie and knows that the FBI just created Kaplan to be basically a spies like us level, uh, like a fake, they're the fa- he's a fake spy. He doesn't yeah. even exist. It's even better than spies like us. Spies like us, they send out <laughs> decoy spies. In this movie, they he is a he is a made up spy that basically just gets guff. They like because they want people to be working to try and find the guy. Yeah, and, and you know, and they're not. And uh, h- how much time and effort goes into them ringing the valet to come and pick up his jacket? They have to have some man in the FBI, in the Bureau, call the Plaza Hotel and, like, ask for things. And, like, be like, I'm not going to be in the room. And, you know, uh, just come on in and, and get my suit. It's gray. Like all the suits in this movie. <laughs> it's it's a gray suit. And, uh, you know, and they would come in. I, I understand they were making, like, a fake guy. They spent a lot of time, and we'll talk about this probably over the next couple of weeks, a lot of time fabricating Kaplan's life. Yeah. That's the movie I want to see. I want to see the the team that had to fabricate his life and the guys that sit at the desk and like, okay, it's time to call about the suit. No, it's time to call about this. And well, we've talked about it. That's the <clears throat> that's the TV show we want. We exactly. want the Mission Impossible Force, the Benji Squad. We want the geeks and the nerds and the and the analysts that have to do all this crap. That's the movie we want. Yes. Which I mean, we kind of get a little bit of that in Jack Ryan yeah. because we're getting. Uh, the behind the scenes, but he's still a badass. So you yeah, know, exactly. He's a you know an ex, you know whatever he is, uh, marine or marine, you know, yeah, whatever seal. Yeah, we're not, we're not we're not seeing Benji before he gets uh, Benji uh, or Mission Impossible eyes. You know. Well, I mean, even he's still a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> he just has. He just he went to classes like any of us. If we all he, like went to these classes, you're like, I don't know. I guess I go to self defense classes. He, now? he hung out with Ethan Hunt long enough that it kind of rubbed off. Yeah. <laughs> And this minute, and this minute ends with a very confused valet, not just basically not understanding why he's being asked these questions. <laughs> this is more FaceTime than I've ever received from anyone at a, a hotel. No kidding, man. Uh, as, as we go through this, I actually, um, went and tried to look up all the services and the prices at the Plaza Hotel to this oh, yeah? day. You can still get a butler there. 
Oh, I'm cool. sure someone there is Butler service. And, uh, what I've done is I've actually uh, found some stories. And so at the end of every episode, you know, we're going to have some, uh, some, some hotel stories, some Butler stories, ah. uh, uh, that'll at least get us to the next day. Uh, and these are about the Plaza hotel. So these are stories I found that are from the Plaza hotel. Um, one, what one, the, 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 uh, it's an old school service. It's 20 floors. They have to walk up day and night. And basically there, nothing is off limits. And one of the services they provide is a bath time. Oh. And what that means is they will draw a bath f- with, uh, salt, oil, and roses, uh, for their clients. <laughs> Wow. And when they draw, and when they draw the bath, you'd think, okay, someone's going to draw me a bath and they leave. Uh, one, one butler who was telling this story talked about, it, said 95% of the time he is asked to be remain within arm's reach of the bather's suds. <laughs> and it's because they want to add more hot water or scented oil. And so they have to stand there quietly while someone takes a bath. Oh my. And this is happening now. This isn't from 1959. These are these are current stories. Interesting. Can, can you imagine being that rich? I would like to, but um, <laughs> I thought, oh God, if I could just have someone draw me a bath, draw my kids' bath for me, please. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, well, drawing a kids' bath is different because they're not going to stand there and ask for things. Well, are normally, you, are you going to be sure? <laughs> when they well, were, when he was little, he did. Yeah, not anymore. He's old You're enough right. to do his own thing now. But well, but also you were staying in there so they didn't die. <clears throat> That's true. Sometimes <laughs> I, you know. I don't think this guy's standing in there. Well, he could be. I mean, there a lot of times I assume they're drinking in the tub. Yeah, have, having their Dom Perignon and all Jeeves, that kind of stuff. Would you like yeah. to know what I'm doing, Jeeves? <laughs> so wrong. So, so that is my butler fact for today. That's hilarious. But uh, they, you want to come back tomorrow this? and yeah. talk more about the hotel? Yes, uh, we're not going to the Drake Hotel, are we, by chance? No, unfortunately, we're not. We're going to stay at the Plaza. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 Yeah, we'll stay at the Plaza. Well, we're uh, just to recap, if you've never heard of us before, I'm Jonathan and he's Chris, and we're from Minute Impossible. You can find us at minuteimpossible.com, on Twitter at minimpossible, M I N impossible, and at our Facebook group, The Impossible Minute Force. And if you want to join us there, we're always talking about Mission Impossible. If you enjoy spy movies, which is basically, we'll we'll get into we'll get into it more. But this is basically a spy movie. Uh, We'll be talking about it more. Uh, Come on over and talk to us. You can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, and on their main site, HitchcockMinute.com, and on the Facebook group at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook. That's that's a pretty good name. That is a pretty good name. (laughs) Yep, and always find uh, more Movies by Minutes. If uh, your cup of tea is not Mission Impossible, go to moviesbyminutes.com and you can check out over a 100 different movies that are being broken down minute by minute. We know most of them, so <laughs> we've had them on our show. So, yeah, you should definitely go listen. There's always there's something for everybody. So uh, until tomorrow, uh, we, we, should have like a, we should have a sign-off. What should it be? Should have paid the $2. <laughs>